Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are going to talk about how to lead a group to the 2022 youth gathering as a first-time leader. So throughout the year, we're breaking into our regular uh, scheduled episodes here on End Goals to talk about the 2022 Youth Gathering. And we had our starter pack back in June, and we're so grateful for the adult leader resource team that helped us with those. And we just posted recently about registration for the gathering. So you can go back and listen to many of those uh, episodes as well. But at the National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference in Houston in this past July, we had our adult leader resource team use their expertise to prepare leaders for the gathering in like a track of different uh, sessions that people could take. And one of those sessions was specifically for first-time leaders. And we heard some great <laughs> feedback that it was very helpful. So we wanted to give some time to the, the content of that of that presentation. I give some basic preparation for those who are leading their youth group, maybe for the very first time. Because we have some first-time leaders who have strong connections to their youth ministry. They've been helping for a while. This is just a, a next step for them in terms of leading uh, young people to the gathering. And for others, maybe they're asked to bring a group and they <laughs> don't know their youth group particularly well, or their congregation has no history of coming to the gathering that they can remember. And so this is all very new and very strange. And so we wanted to take some time to break it down for first-time leaders. And that session went so well at National, and we're getting questions with registration things opening up about people too. Like, I'm first time, can I even do this? How does that even work? What's, you know, we use, let's say we... We use some unusual nomenclature when it comes to gathering yes. stuff. Sometimes you have to kind of be familiar with what that means. So we want to go through that a little bit too. Because again, it, it can be a difficult thing. It may be even confusing for even experienced leaders as we've talked about. And and we want to be really encouraging to those who are first-time leaders or those who are volunteer leaders that don't think that every group that comes is led by a pastor or DCE or deaconess or teacher or professional church worker or someone who's even on the staff. We went back and looked at our numbers a little bit from the 2019 gathering in Minneapolis. And at the 19 gathering, 75% of all adult leaders and 50% even of primary adult leaders who came were lay leaders who volunteered their time and energy to get the group to the gathering. So that was one stat we looked up. And also we looked up our first time leaders and about 40% of all adult leaders were attending their first gathering. Wow. Uh, so just kind of think about that a little bit. And then 21% even of primary adult leaders were attending for the first time. So one in five. So we want to be sure that you have everything you need. So we decided to bring a lot of that material from that first time leaders breakout here to the podcast. This might be a review for some if you are in Houston, but also might be some helpful things for those that are tackling, maybe coming to the gathering for the first time. So to help us to do that is Annie Anderson. She led this sectional and national. She's a DCE that's serving in the East Valley of Phoenix. 2022 will be her eighth gathering. Uh, and in this cycle, she is serving as a planner um, on our adult leader resource team. Annie, thanks for coming back and talking more uh, about the gathering. Yeah, my pleasure. I love gatherings, so I'm all in. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, talking about this is your eighth one. Yep. Uh, so this may be a question we can all answer. Uh, do you remember your first gathering? Maybe it was a participant or maybe your first gathering as an adult leader. What were some of those memories you had during oh, those yeah. experiences? Oh, yeah. So my first gathering actually as a senior in high school was 2001 in New Orleans. And I was actually a student leader on the intercession, you know, the, the sessions team. 
interest centers, I think is what they called it back then. And it was a blast. It was a blast to really be a student leader on something, but, and to see kind of how the inner working of the gathering happens and how it all works. But it was so much fun just to simply experience it as a student as well. I will never forget my first mass event and just walking in and being like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of people and a lot of Lutherans. And I thought I was alone and I'm really not. So as a high school student, that was really powerful for me and really kind of propelled me to go into ministry and be a DCE myself. So that was a huge turning point for me, even though I think I knew before then, because I think I'd already applied for Concordia St. Paul before that day. But, you know, just like confirmed it. Reinforced it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And my first as an adult leader would have been 2007, because then I was a young adult volunteer in 2004 mm. um, in college. And so in 07, I think that was in Orlando. And all that I remember, because I remember I had only accepted my first call a month prior. So I didn't really know these kids. I got to go and just experience to get to know them at the gathering. But the worst thing on the very first day, we get into town and I'm, I don't even remember where I was or why, but I'm running across a parking lot and my, you know, small little LG flip phone falls in the rain because it is pouring (laughs) down rain. If you remember those LG flip phones, they do not recover well. And I tried so hard to recover that. So my very first youth gathering as an adult leader, I didn't have a cell phone. And that was just at the beginning where we're all getting addicted to our cell phones, you know, (laughs) they're not smartphones yet, but I'm like, how do I do this? And that was, that was a fun adventure relying back on, you know, medieval communication skills, like talking to people in person and, you know, (laughs) all those things. So I remember that it was an incredible opportunity to get to know my new students and and get to know them under a little bit of stress is also good too, because then you can kind of learn, okay, how can I help them when we get home? And so it was, it was a great, great trip. But for some reason, that's all I remember is losing my phone, (laughs) getting it wet. That'd be quite the way to start (laughs) an experience like that. And certainly we, you talk about in your resources, I know about ways that we want to communicate well back home and communicate amongst a group too. I can't believe how much that has changed over the years in terms of the communication amongst adult leaders and young people and keeping them safe and connected and, and people informed back home. And you've provided so many resources for adult leaders and you know time's limited here on the podcast. So we want to kind of cut to probably yeah. like primary adult leaders and building that team and those adult leaders, but especially with that angle to those first timers. So let's just start with some of that language that we use in the gathering. A primary adult leader, sometimes seen as a PAL, P-A-L. What is a PAL and what is unique about their role? So a primary adult leader, the the PAL, is such an incredible person because this person, we ask that it's the one person that communicates with the LCMS Youth Ministry Office. It's the one person that gets all of our communications. It's like that central hub of a person in your congregation. It doesn't have to be a staff member like a pastor or a DCE. Um, it can be, and sometimes that's easiest if that's the person that you're bringing just simply because of the um, accessibility to the church office. But it doesn't have to be. I know plenty of churches where they are, it is all volunteers. And so the gift of that person is that they just are kind of the one in charge. They're the one in charge of the whole group and kind of get to do all the important stuff. 
But that primary adult leader, while they are super critical, we need every church to have at least one, right? They're not doing it on their own. Oh, no. I mean, they are part of a team. So that primary adult leader is going to get communication from us. They're going to communicate to us. But who are the other people that you're going to need to come and put together on your team to support a group going to the gathering? Oh, so many adults. The gathering doesn't happen without lots of adults, both on the planning side and at home in our churches. We need parents to be involved. We need other adult leaders that are going on the trip to be involved. Those supportive adults that simply love teenagers. I have found that there are incredible adults in our congregations who love teenagers, but might not have the ability to go to a gathering, right? And so you still get those adult leaders involved somehow and just connect with them with meetings, build relationships with these students that will last. Maybe they're adults. We have um, some adults at my congregation that love to fundraise by doing this Valentine's Day dinner. And so th- this, this couple is going to pretty much do the, the Valentine's Day dinner fundraiser. And my students and their parents get to help that leader. And I love that, you know, yeah. that like the fundraising, it, it's the whole congregation, not just the kids and their parents and the leaders going on the trip. The whole congregation can be involved and the adult leader is never alone. And so that, that's an, you have to have that team. So while that primary adult leader is critical in terms of communication and registration, yes. they definitely don't have to be doing all of that. Like we encourage, you know, you go to some of the resources on uh, the gathering resource page, you're going to see us suggest that you do get, you know, a group of adults who are coming with you who have a variety of different tasks. And then that you collect this much bigger support system around you that are going to be there uh, to help make sure you you can get to the gathering. And so it's not just one, one leader who's bringing a, a group of youth. One thing I love to see, I know this happens in my congregations is the adults bond together too. And so they form friendships around this common goal, common task of serving young people, but yet they create lifelong relationships and friendships too. Okay. And so they get that great time to connect and problem solve and serve one another and encourage each other. So that's always a cool thing to see. So Tons of resources to talk about prepping for a gathering. Again, we're here to help you along the way, but we want to turn our attention to the gathering itself just to start prepping so you know kind of what to expect a little bit. So we talk about three things that you want to make sure your group does every day. Annie, what are those three things? Community groups, meaning connect with your group about everything. So make sure that you are setting aside time every single day with your community group. Now, I've served in churches that have large groups, like we've taken 50 kids and my current congregation, we're going to probably have about 10. And so we might just be one, one, one community group with just the 10 of us. But at my previous congregations, we've had to break it up into five or six community groups. And I really then empower those leaders of those groups to make sure that they're setting aside time every day to meet with the kids in their group, to talk together about highs and lows. What are they learning? What are they What do they need help processing with? Especially, I think, in this season with students that are struggling with anxiety more than ever, my kids are not afraid of the question, what are you triggered by today? You know, they they actually appreciate the honesty of that question. And so to process what they're learning and absorbing from the gathering with them is really what that community group time is all about. So make sure that you're setting aside time for that. And also, of course, everything that we do with the gathering is rooted in God's word. And so um, going to the Bible studies that your group is assigned to in your location is super important every day. I know I'm not the biggest morning person. And so sometimes if the Bible studies are in the mornings, I'm like, okay, this is my time for an extra nap. 
It's really not because you should just dig into God's word and it really actually helps to set the the stage for your day. And then of course is mass events and worship. That's huge. The mass events to me are a little slice of heaven, seeing so many people just come together and worship our Lord and Savior, let alone hearing the speakers talk, the band and the music and all the other elements and creativity that it goes into a mass event. And so those three things, community group time every day, Bible study every time, every day to really get your group and in the mindset around the theme and then going to the mass event. Those are the big three. So you talked about just so good for first timers, Bible yeah. studies so that you'd be assigned to it. If we do it the way we've done in the past, you'd be assigned by your hotel. So again, nothing you need to sign up for. We'll let you know where your location would be probably at either 10 a.m. or noon, depending on which your hotel you're in. Annie, I'm sorry, that's 8 a.m. Pacific time. So I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> that's not okay. But, <laughs> but, I'll deal with it. Uh, that's right. So those, and those are either at the convention center or nearby hotels that are uh, connected to part of the gathering complex that uh, we talk about space-wise. So again, nothing you need to do there, but you'll kind of get that connection and start to build your relationships with that. And then we're excited again to get to hear about is at those mass events and worship being at Minute Maid Park that you'll get to hear about more. So exciting time for you to be with your group. And then, so those are things that you're going to have every day. So there's going to be a mass event and Wednesday we'll have worship. And then uh, the other days you're going to be able to do community groups, Bible studies every day. Um, so those are kind of the base things that you want to build your your day around. But there are a ton of other things that you might do every day or you might do some days and not other days or you want to make sure you experience, but kind of fit around in your schedule as you do it as a group. What are some other things that you're going to want to be aware of as you're planning for your time at the gathering? Yeah, I'm super excited. I love the interactive center. The interactive center is like this one big area in the convention center that has all the fun stuff. It's got games. It's got lounge space to just hang out. In there, you've got all the exhibitors. You know, like I love walking around all the Concordias and seeing what freebies they give you. And then, you know, connecting with old friends that I know. And I love all, just the exhibitors as a whole. It's, it's pretty cool. And I really encourage all my kids to go to every single booth. That's pretty cool. And then you've got the sessions and the concerts. And that's kind of some of the, to me, that's some of the guts of the gathering in the sense that that's like where you can really pick and choose and get out of the gathering what you want to get out of the gathering. Because you'll get as much out of it as whatever you put into it. That's what I tell my kids. And so... As much as I encourage them to go to as many sessions a day as they can and as they want to, but I also want them to take some time to play and to have fun and to go to the interactive center. Along with the sessions too, there have been concerts in the past at those sessions in the con the convention center. And so those are pretty cool too, because they can be smaller groups. You know, it's not 10,000 people, but maybe a couple thousand people or a couple hundred people at a concert. And so that kind of gives a different feel and a different vibe. There are also sessions that are specifically for adult leaders as well. And I, I've always loved those. As an adult leader, getting to know what are other professionals thinking is super important and relevant for me to know as I teach and lead these, this generation closer to Jesus. And so the adult sessions are huge. I also love the servant events. Every year I try to get into to do a servant event. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, that we're doing some on-site ones and some off-site ones this year, which is really, really cool. And then the district event. Every I don't know if every district does a district event, but I know the Pacific Southwest District has done a, an event. And sometimes districts combine. I've, I've heard that I think we're combining again with another district or two to kind of see like, who are all these Lutherans on the West Coast? You know, and that can be kind of fun. 
I've heard a few things of, of what, what our, our district coordinator might be thinking and sounds kind of fun. You know, I, the district event is really cool. Cause it's, it's just less, it's less, but it's still more, if that makes any sense. It's less people, but they're people that are closer to you. Right. So instead of it being like this huge mass of people that you're going to see at a mass event, you're going to, yeah. you're going to get to interact with other young people and other adults who are maybe a lot closer to where you're staying in. And you can also explore more about districts at the district zone. So on the interactive yep. center, different regions and different districts, we have a, an area where they're going to have activities where you can kind of explore that as well. And there's some great stuff on the interactive floor that really reinforces some of the things that we're talking about in, in sessions and in mass events, some educational pieces there too, which is really, really fantastic. Um, I'd say one thing, Annie, I want to bring up too. Now, just let's say I am that adult leader who needs to just sit down for five to 10 minutes, oh, take yeah. a little breath, breath, maybe charge my phone. Is there a place for me to go yes. to do that? So my team gets the privilege of orchestrating for you the adult leader rest area, which is going to be a spot that is set aside in the George R. Brown Convention Center. And my team has some incredible plans. I, I love hearing all the things that they want to do. There will be plenty of chargers, plenty of just couches and tables, probably some like vending machines or opportunities to get some snacks. It's going to be a blast just to sit. I think that's probably where I might be the majority of the gathering, <laughs> just to kind of like sit and chill. Because, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix weather is hot enough. Houston, you have that humidity. I'm just yeah. going to stay there. But no, it's, it's yeah. great. And that that's intentionally meant to be a spot to restore and rejuvenate. But also then we're intentional that we want to create some roundtable opportunities for adult leaders to get to know each other and just to talk and, you know, have that space away from their students. That's great. So, Annie, you're part of one team that helps provide support for adult leaders. One thing I think is so important about the gathering, it's just awesome, is the number of volunteers we have at the event and that are there to support our adult leaders and our youth and just all the functioning that's happening at the gathering. We could not do it without them. And again, there's a lot of people that are there to support their experiences. Sometimes for a first time gathering adult leader, they don't necessarily understand that until they get there. And that's part of the process, but yet we want to give as much information we can about those adults who are there to serve you. So who are some of these people and who would it be helpful for them to know as they prepare for the gathering? Yeah, your district coordinator is a person that if you haven't been introduced to them yet, I'm sure that they will reach out to you and introduce themselves. The district coordinators are the people that have been kind of chosen by the district to organize the district event to help you at home, especially in this season pre-gathering, and to kind of um, help you with, if you have questions with other registration things that, you know, go to them first before you go to the youth ministry office, because they might have the answer for you. And so like, I know that our um, district coordinator in PSD, her name is Laura. She has just been so helpful. She created a Facebook page for all of us and has been um, just a delight to really you know, go back and forth with ideas on fundraising for. And so a really great resource for you is the district coordinator. If they don't know who their district coordinator is, Mark and Juliana, is there a place they can go to find who that is? 
There is. It's on the website. Great. So if you go to the website, go to district coordinators. There's a whole list of them. Not only their pictures, but uh, ways to get in touch with them. So um, if you haven't yet or you have a question, feel free to reach out to them. And uh, they, we've done lots of training with them. Maybe you met them at National if you mm-hmm. were at National. This is a great group of people experienced and they, they're ready to help support you as you go to the gathering. So especially first-time leaders, we'd love for you to be able to connect with that district coordinator. Awesome. Thank you. I did not know that. So that's why I was like, there's probably a place they can go to find who that is. There is. There is. Um, Then you've also got gathering ambassadors. And these guys are going to be in blue, correct? Correct. Correct. These are our blue shirts. And these are our other adults that are going to be hanging around the city in your hotels, in sessions, in stuff that are really meant to help you and to resource you when you're there in Houston. If you have questions, if you have any other kind of just a need, they're there to to help you figure that out. Team Flex, they are a lot of just different volunteers all across the city. Some of them are short-term volunteers who are just serving for a day. Some of them are serving for longer. And so these are, there's a lot of volunteers that the gathering takes. And so that's, that's what Team Flex is, is more of those volunteers that are just going to come into the city and really help make the gathering happen. They might be some people that you see helping, you know, navigate traffic or direct traffic, things like that. And then you have the Orange Nation, the beloved young adult volunteers who are our students who are age 19 to 25, your college age-ish kids who just love the gathering and want to come. I love Yavs. I was one in 2004. I think that was, I, I think that was the first year that it was orange. But it could have gone back before that. But I'm like, that's my crew that originated Orange Nation. (laughs) Um, But no, it was a blast to be one. And so I know the applications are open right now. Um, And so really encourage your college age kids who are too old to go to the gathering as a participant to volunteer for that and to to apply for that to be a part of it. Because it's it's an incredible experience. And if you want to know more about all of those positions, you can go to the website. So right, we said district coordinators are there, but also if you go to volunteer opportunities and you want to just kind of understand what what ambassadors, Team Flex and YAVs, what they do and how, what they bring to the gathering, you can go look there. Team Flex application is still open at this point, but we love uh, that we have just this huge group of other adults who are there just to help support the event. Everything. So many different tasks, but they there if you see them and they'll be well they'll be dressed you'll be able to find them you can ask them questions they're a great group so oftentimes the question will come up and annie maybe you've got additional feedback to this is a first-time person may say like can i let my youth go to a session without me there or without an adult leader we're trying to figure that out and we say absolutely yes we've got adults all over the place to provide safety security direction all those types of things so absolutely you can organize your youth to do that because we've got a lot of additional adult support there to help Yeah, I really tell my kids that I want them to stay in groups of two when they are in the convention center. So I want everybody to have a buddy, right? Uh, And I want them to tell their small group leader what session they're going. And that just kind of opens up the door of conversation for the conversation for the adult leader to ask them how to go, you know, but the adult leader doesn't always have to go to every single session with their kids, with their small group. Um, unless that topic maybe interests them too. But there is, there's so much safety. And I feel like we have the convention center kind of to ourselves. So I I feel like it's totally safe to leave my kids in groups of two. um, And I don't feel like they need that um, additional, you know, adult leader kind of monitoring them because they're, they're 
they're safe there. I do tell them though that they're not allowed to leave the convention center without an adult. Yeah, um, yeah. And so parameters, right? They're, that's their boundary. So stay yep. in the convention center, and then we all leave together as one group. As we go out to dinner, go to a meal, go back to the hotel, whatever that that need is, they're just not allowed to leave the convention center unless they talk to me first. And there have been situations where I have seen on Instagram later that, oh, you left the city and went to the Minneapolis Sculpture Garden during session time. We're going to have a conversation about that. Uh (laughs) Well, and I think that that's one of the the things that first time leaders can do. And sometimes you can't do this kind of stuff in advance. But but knowing that, you know, the convention center is is going to be full of people from our event. Can you when you come for registration, find a spot yeah. Right. This mm-hmm. is the spot mm-hmm. when I tell you to come meet me. This is the spot you were coming to meet me at. You know, that place where we're going to reconvene. If you find it in that and you set times, one of the things where we have an app that will be a part of our event. Last time we were able to even like you can schedule things on their schedule to come and meet you like we are everyone is meeting at four put that on your on your calendar you can track you know where in the building they are if they tell you what sessions they're in you're going to be able to do a lot of other things like that what other things might you be able to use the app or even other communication tools to do if you're a first-time leader so what kind of things would you suggest i found i really like group texts i know a lot of kids don't and a lot of adult leaders don't but I really kind of train my kids before we even leave. Here's how we're going to use appropriately these group texts. You know, we're not going to abuse them. It's not for inside jokes. It's simply for communication of where are we at? Where are we going? Where are we meeting? Where are you? And so that we can all be on the same page. I know that there are other apps out there like Remind or GroupMe or WhatsApp, lots of different things that can you can use for that. And I've kind of used them all. And sometimes I use them, sometimes I don't. At the last gathering, I had a parent suggest to me using the Life360 app, which is a GPS tracker on phones to track where all of our kids are. And we ended up not using it simply because we just couldn't afford the app with the amount of kids that we had. You had to pay for it and we just didn't want to pay for it. But that could be a good resource if that's something you're interested in to have an actual GPS location on each of your students, at least their cell phone doesn't help if they leave their cell phone in their hotel room. <laughs> but, you know. No, but like, not even just to, as a correction device, but like, frankly, if they get lost, well, exactly. right? You know, one of the things that we talk about, uh, and we'll talk about a little bit later, is like making sure you have something that you can lift high up in the air in right. a large group so people can find you, right. right? So, I mean, there's just a lot of people in the space to be able to navigate. So yeah. some of those things can be really helpful. Yeah. And on the app, it you're going to have the ability to download that, to look at it in advance, but it's also going to send notifications to you if there's something that we need to, we uh, as a staff or as the planners need to pass along to you. There's also going to be the youth and adult poll on the app. So plan on looking forward to having that and, and making that really accessible to you and your group as a part of that experience and building that into, like you said, your technology covenant you're going to have with them about right. the appropriate use of, of all of those different things. So one of the things we love about a youth gathering is we kind of get to make a, a new city home for like five plus days, which is exciting for our participants, for us as planners, a city that we certainly get to know and love and the people that are there. And so maybe you've been to Houston before on vacation or business or other things like that. Annie, you've been able to be in with your team and for National Youth and Youth Workers Conference too, maybe some of our listeners were there able to attend that. What are some highlights you would lift up about Houston or downtown Houston, especially where we'll be? 
Yeah, I really liked the convention center, the GRB, which stands for the George R. Brown Convention Center, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked that because it was it, it's got a cool vibe to it, but it's also so big that there's going to be plenty of space to find your spot, Juliana, like you were talking about. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of space, lots of escalators and elevators. Like I, I'm, I'm really, I was really impressed with the flow of the building. So I'm excited for that. I also love that Houston actually has a lot of tunnels for different stuff. And so you don't actually have to go outside to travel. If your hotel connects to the tunnel and or con- connects to the tunnel, and then, which then connects to the convention center, you might be able to just walk mostly there inside, which, you know, I, I appreciate because I hate humidity. So, <laughs> but I also, there's a lot of different restaurants in there. I don't know how many of those are going to be open during the, the days of the right. gathering, but it's, it's kind of cool. It was just a cool city. And I, I liked, I didn't get to go to Minute Maid Park and it's on my, I mean, it's on my bucket list in my life to go to every major league ball, ball nice. field. I'm a huge baseball mm-hmm. fan. And so I'm excited that even though I've never seen the Astros play, and I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, right, sorry, sorry, Texas people. That I still get to go to Minute Maid Park. And someday I will see the Astros. But I do, that's kind of fun, you know? And, mm-hmm. that, and it's also fun that this is the first year that we're in a baseball field. Um, in yeah. a baseball stadium, not a football stadium. And so I've never seen what that could be like. And that's super cool to have that newness. Yeah. And I appreciate that we have sort of a gathering complex, right? So we're attached Mm -hmm. to a couple of hotels, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to be in the convention center, but there'll also be some adjacent hotels that are connected to Mm -hmm. the convention center Mm -hmm. that we're going to be in. But that the gathering complex and Minute Maid are not very far apart, which is fabulous because I'm friends. If you haven't yet, start preparing your walking, your walking shoes, there's a lot of walking. Yes. The gathering is a lot of walking. And so as an adult, I sometimes has a very uh, sedentary desk job. You need to really <laughs> think about making sure that you're prepared to walk. But luckily this time, unlike maybe in other cities, uh, Minute Maid Park is is right there. Right. It's Literally like close. two city blocks away. Really right. close. So yeah. close. Yeah. Um, so there is not this like mile walk to the, no. but, to the stadium. But to your point, like to keep in mind though, Annie said about how large GRB is. I think I tried to track it when I was there. And I think you're still from like one end to the other, still like three quarters of a mile, pretty close. So think, think, I mean, just if you go to multiple sessions, multiple things, how quickly you are up to four, five, six miles a day just to hit program stuff inside. You're in air conditioning, you're inside, but yet still a lot of steps you're putting in. I think I joked on a different different podcast, but it's, I think as we're saying again, I prepped to run a 5K that I didn't run. I just yes. simply survived yes. the gathering. Yes. And I think that was about, and, and then about running, right. Yeah, they're running a 5K on five consecutive days. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. <laughs> or walking um, a 5K. Well, and, and you're going to walk. Go ahead. No, thank goodness then that the convention center has those water bottle fillers because you still yes. have to hydrate when you're inside. Yeah. yeah, those are just new too. So it's great. And hotels right now are are really centered around downtown mm-hmm. and the Galleria. And the Galleria, it will be a shuttle Correct. system, right? Yeah. And down to the convention center. So you, we have kind of two pockets worth of hotels right now. We, that could change, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the plan. And so you're going to be able to kind of uh, walk from your hotel using, you know, um, streets or tunnels or whatever, but, and then convention center minute made those yeah. are going to kind of be the places where we're going to centralize yeah, if you're at the gallery when those outline hotels our shuttle we take care of that again yeah you you can work out your own plans if you want but we provide shuttling 
from those hotels and we'll drop you off right basically across the street from the convention center. So again, we'll have a focused time in the morning and the evening to get you home from the Minute Maid Park after the mass event, but know that we would provide that for your groups if uh, you're at the Galleria Hotels. So first time leader, I'm thinking about what it is that I need to bring with me. And yeah, we've done this. I think we collected quite a few things that we thought, hey, uh, things that we're going to need to bring you. Now, the thing that we want to remind you is that everybody is going to get a backpack and everyone will get a wristband. The wristband will be designated. You'll have to wear it the mm-hmm. whole time um, and you cannot lose it, but you'll need to wear that wristband the whole time to be able to get in and out of things. And we do check those. So you will have that. But what else do I need to plan on bringing carrying around with me during my time at the gathering. I think that one of the most important and yet understated items that I always tend to forget are Sharpies. Mm, Sharpies. I always forget to bring a Sharpie, but we always need them because kids like to sign backpacks or it's always good just to have that extra pen. You know what I mean? So that's, to me, it's super important. I also think it's also really important to have a, a first aid kit. I get those really small ones from CVS or Walgreens or Walmart, and I give them to all of my adult leaders. So they automatically have band-aids because yeah, you're walking a ton. So your feet are going to be prone to blisters. And it's got all the just little stuff that you need for that kind of an experience, especially in Houston, because it does rain quite frequently, an umbrella. I found that out at, at both of our, our my trips to Houston this summer, and I did not have one and I got pretty wet one day. And so an umbrella would have been really nice to have. I also tend to bring a deck of cards or Uno or some sort of a travel game or a, a game that can travel well, um, simply to kill time. Because there are certain times. What? I, I use Spot It, Zombie yeah, Dice. Yes, it's such a good There's one. There's tons of like little tiny games that you can get that fit very easily into a backpack yeah. and get a group going with. Yeah, exactly. There's a ton that, that are just so much fun because there is going to be a little bit of time that you might have to kill time while you're waiting in line for things or, or whatnot. I also think it's really important that um, adult leaders have a copy of all of their medical release forms. What I do is that I actually will have a physical copy in a folder back at, at church, back home on the receptionist desk. I will scan every individual one so it's on my phone, which I carry with me all the time. And then I also have one person, whether it's me or another adult leader, that is designated to carry around the binder of all of our medical stuff. So like I've often had with me a leader who is in the medical field. And so that adult is designated that should a kid need to go to the emergency room or urgent care, they're the adult that goes with them. And that's the adult that carries around the physical copies of the medical release forms. I also think it's really important to have a list of cell phone numbers. I tell all my kids, just load everybody's cell phone number into your cell phone, but it's also good to have it on paper should a phone get lost or, you know, any other thing might happen. Well, or like you said, your flip phone falls into the water and now suddenly I don't have any way of communicating because none of us have remembered anyone's phone number for the last 10 years, (laughs) right? Or even uh, I've heard adult leaders who encourage or create like a, a photo that can be the the picture that comes up that has, you want to give personal information there, but the name of the leader, maybe the name of the church, so that if that phone gets lost and we can't unlock it, we can see who it may be or what the adult leader name is that we can can get it back to. 
I'll say quickly about those medical release forms too. Again, for first timers, we provide those. So don't think you need to go create your own or anything like that. We'll provide those, which again, give the information that enable if it is an ambassador or a YAV who comes across one of your youth, one of your adults, that they know the next steps, what to do. So that's why it's important to have them on each individual as well. So that again, we can provide the care we need to. Yeah. What I do for that is that I've often just made a copy of their form, put it in an envelope and put Mm -hmm. it in their backpack. I give it to them the, the day that we arrive, you know, the day that they get their backpack so that they can carry it with them. Right. Super important for that. I also think it's important because a lot of our kids don't really have may or may not have an understanding of, of tipping. And so to carry some extra cash to tip people, whether it be in your hotel or a restaurant, things like that. I know that a lot of my kids are like, wait, how much am I supposed to tip someone? And so we try to teach them and take the, 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 the time before the gathering to teach. But sometimes it's always good to have a backup. <laughs> And then I think you mentioned earlier, you know, you'll see lots of groups that will do very elaborate pieces like this. This was not my strategy because because I usually came with smaller groups, but uh, lots of groups will bring something that can be expanded and tall, um, that's decorative, that they can have you follow if you're trying to walk from one place to another together so that people can see it. So if you're in a big group, they can spot you. So that's always a a fun thing to see. I've seen... uh, all kinds of really interesting things. But even something as simple as, you know, one year I had a gigantic hat that looked like a pizza, (laughs) right? That's enough that like in a large group, you can be like, okay, that's the, that's the pizza hat. I know where I'm, I'm supposed to head. For all our Wisconsin groups, if you're bringing a cheese head, decorate the cheese head. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of those. Yeah. So, but just make sure yours looks different. Yep. Or if you're from the Southwest and we had done the Flamingo fundraiser, so we grabbed a flamingo, put a sombrero on it, and named it Paco, and took that to San Antonio, Texas. And then we like duct taped like three legs all on one so we could take it apart so it fit in our suitcases. But then we could hold it up super high as we were traveling and walking. Fantastic. Well, we're going to have a lot of time between now and July to impart wisdom and for your team to be helping us along the way. But just as we wrap up this podcast, what are some other things first-time leaders should know? Yeah, I would say just make sure that you go to the orientation sessions um, that are going to be happening, that once you check in and do the registration process, get your backpacks, then you'll be directed to a room at the convention center where you will go to an orientation session. And there are going to be two different sections of the orientation sessions this year. One that is just for first-time adult leaders and one that is for other leaders that have been there multiple times, veteran leaders, and they're going to be a little bit different because we can, we're going to kind of tailor the information. I'm going to personally be leading all the ones for you first-time leaders. So you'll get to meet me in person and that'll be a blast. But it's more about the fact that we just simply get to encourage you on that first day and answer questions that you might have. That's also big for the orientation sessions. So I really encourage you to make that a priority and not to miss it. And even if you're not a first-time leader, still go to the orientation because you still might get some information that you didn't know. And that's part of why we're doing two different tracks for that so that it can, one is if you've been there lots of times, that doesn't, there are certain things that don't change that you already know. And so we're going to make that a little shorter and faster, but still opportunities for you to learn something new. Well, we're always amazed at how much last minute information may come up. It might be a traffic issue, construction in the city that we didn't know about and something just happened, an emergency situation or whatever it may have been, that we're able to pass that on 
at that orientation. It's been huge to get that news out at that point for experienced uh, adult leaders, but also first timers, just to be able to get that through our adults. So they're kind of networking and communicating and it makes the gathering run very smoothly. So absolutely, no matter how many times you've been to a gathering, orientations are very important to attend. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would also just lastly say that make sure that you're staying connected on our Facebook groups um, and on the social medias because there's so much information that is shared there, both from the youth ministry office, but also from other adult leaders that are sharing some great ideas and some um, really valuable insight. I'm learning new stuff every time that I go on it on our Facebook groups um, about, you know, how do I connect with my kids about this? And I'm with a whole new youth group this time, you know, right. and so it, it is all really good stuff. So make sure that you're connected and following and uh, listening to some of that stuff. We're so grateful for Annie, for your team as they prepare for adult leaders, but just our entire group of planners, ambassadors, volunteers, everybody who makes this gathering uh, possible. And we are excited uh, for those first time leaders. So hopefully this has given you just a little bit more information. If you've never done this before, you're feeling a little more comfortable in your preparation process. So thanks for being here, Annie. You are welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much, you guys. Again, we thank Annie and the adult leader team, just a wonderful wealth of information, people who are lifting up our adult leaders in prayer and there to support our first time leaders as well. I know it can probably seem like a daunting thing. And there's a lot, like you said, Julian, there's a lot to there, there, but know that you've got a team supporting you, people around you that are cheering you on and here to help you through every step of that process and know that you got a lot of support around you with the gathering too, that want to make this a success for you and for your young people and for your other adult leaders who are coming. So uh, be aware of all that support that's there for you. We, uh, I look at those numbers and think about the 20% of primary adult leaders who are coming to their very first gathering doing this. And I'm so grateful to them to, uh, to value their young people, to Mm -hmm. value youth ministry, to value faith development for their young people so much. They're willing to kind of step out in faith and do this. And I know for myself and our planning team and so many others, we want to, we have your back. (laughs) We want to see you do that and be successful in the experience because we know God can work incredibly powerfully through events like the, like the gathering to impact the lifelong faith of a young person. So just kind of some closing thoughts that we have. One, if you are an experienced leader and you've listened to this podcast, thank you. We hope you took some things out of it, but also want to give a little challenge to you. That's to be thinking about how you can be praying for first time leaders, maybe ways that you can reach out to them, whether that's on the Facebook group, maybe they're in your district or community. How can you support and care for them and walk along with them through this process? You are a great resource too, maybe especially from your individual context, which can be wonderful. So really ask for you to support first time leaders as well. If you're that first-time leader, I'm going to encourage you to develop your support system at home. Find the parents, find the other adults, find your district coordinator, find the people who are going to help you to plan and to bring that group of young people, knowing that we on our end are bringing together volunteers and planners and other supports to support you while you're at the gathering. For your first-time leaders, just take a pause, take a breath, and most importantly, pray. Just be in prayer about this process, about your work and your investment in young people, but be praying for your young people, the other adult leaders, your congregation before, during, and after the gathering, as we again encourage our young people to be disciples of Jesus. We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you make plans, as you talk with young people and families, as you prepare in every way for the gathering. We know how many different pieces go into preparing for an event like the gathering. And we pray that God is with you every single step of the way. That This event may be just one powerful piece of your everyday youth ministry. 
And Gold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.